is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Good morning, everyone, and happy Easter. A very warm welcome to all. Thank you for joining us online on this Easter Sunday. It's really great to have you join us for our Easter celebration. I love Easter. It's a very special time in the Christian calendar. It's an exciting time. It's a time of hope. It's a time to reflect on God's goodness and provision for the world. And it's a time to reach out to God. A time to discover the love of Jesus. I'm sure you will agree with me we need to know the love of God in these days especially in the current climate where we find ourselves in. With the majority of the, the nations in lockdown, these are truly unprecedented times. Everyone has been affected by the coronavirus in one way or another. Many people have died all over the world. Families and communities have been devastated by the loss of loved ones. And as a church, we want to pray to God to comfort and to bring peace to those who are experiencing these difficult situations. So what relevance has the Easter message to our present situation? What can we take away from the Easter message that will help us in these days and the weeks ahead? During this morning, I'd like to attempt to offer you some answers to those questions from the Easter story. We're going to be reading the Easter story from our Bibles. So if you've got your Bible with you, that's great. We'll be reading from the New International Version of the Bible and I've asked a number of people to help me out this morning by reading different portions of the Easter story. Our first reading will be taken by Paul. It's entitled Jesus Arrested and Before the Sanhedrin. Mark's Gospel, chapter 14, verses 43 to 50 and verses 55 and 56. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. Verse 55. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Just to bring some perspective and context to our readings, it is important to notice that all the following events that I'm about to mention took place before Jesus' death, burial, resurrection and ascension. Jesus 
warned of Judas's betrayal, which we have just heard Paul read before it happened. Jesus spoke about Peter's denial before it happened. Jesus spoke of his own death and resurrection before it happened. Jesus showed himself to his disciples and over 500 other people at various times after the resurrection. These facts are all recorded for us in the Bible. I'd like to share a quote with you. The famous Harvard law professor, Dr. Simon Greenleaf, said the following. According to the laws of legal evidence used in the courts of law, there is more evidence for the historical facts of the resurrection of Jesus Christ than for just about any other event in history. Wow. The whole course of history and humanity was changed by what took place on the first Easter. We're going to have our next reading now, which is going to be taken by Rianne. It's entitled Jesus Before Pilate. This is a reading from Mark 15, verse 1 and 12 to 15. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders and the teachers of the law and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. And so they bound Jesus, led him away and handed him over to Pilate. What shall I do then with the one you call the King of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Pilate was interested in justice. He was more concerned about keeping the peace over his jurisdiction and avoiding an uprising and was looking after his own interests. And so he handed Jesus over to be crucified and instead of releasing Jesus, he released a criminal called Bar Barabbas in order to please the Jews. We're going to view a short video now about the crucifixion of Jesus. Thank you. 
wow, that was an amazing video. I hope you enjoyed the video and that it was helpful. I want to encourage you to take time to read this part of the story in your Bible for yourself at some point today or in the week. You will find it in Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 26. The passage shows us how cruelly Jesus was treated and the way in which he suffered. They put a purple robe on him and twisted a crown of thorns and placed it on his head. And again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spat on him. When they would mocked him, they took off the purple robe and led him to a place called Golgotha, where they pierced his hands and his feet, nailing him to the cross. Our third reading is taken by Tim, and it's entitled The Death of Jesus. This reading is taken from Mark's story about Jesus in chapter 15, and we're going to start at verse 33. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. These scriptures show us Jesus on the cross, dying in agonizing and in a pain, slow and painful way. Then he breathes his last breath and the temple curtain was torn in half. In verse 39, it says this, and when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus so how he died, he said, surely this man was a son of God. What an amazing observation and statement by an eyewitness, a centurion who perhaps was on duty that day and not necessarily a believer. Then there's a temple curtain being torn in half. What does that mean? The temple curtain being torn in half signifies that God took the initiative by tearing down all the walls and the barriers that stood against us and him. That prevented us from knowing him and having a relationship with him. We'll come back to this a little later on. Secondly, it leads us to ask the question, why did Jesus suffer and die in such a way? The answer will become apparent as we look further into the Easter story. We're now going to have our fourth reading, which is taken by Heather. It's entitled, Jesus Has Risen. This reading comes from Mark, chapter 16, verses one to eight. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But as they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe on the right side and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You were looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. 
He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go. Tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Before releasing the body of Jesus, Pilate made sure that Jesus was dead. And then Joseph of Arimathea then took the body of Jesus and placed it in a tomb cut out of a rock. A huge stone was rolled over against the entrance of the tomb, which was then guarded by Roman soldiers. This was so that no one could break into the tomb or interfere or take away the body of Jesus. Our final reading will be read by Lucy. It's entitled, Jesus Appears to the Disciples. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they had seen a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I, myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophet, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses, witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The disciples, along with the women, were not expecting Jesus to rise from the dead. Their worldview was too small. They had heard Jesus say that he would die and rise again. They experienced the miracles that Jesus did. They saw him perform signs and wonders. Even Peter the Apostle declared that Jesus was the Son of God, the Messiah. With all this experience and time spent with Jesus, along with all that Jesus had told them that was going to take place, somehow they fell to understand. It was only after his resurrection, when they spent time with him, that they fully understood what he had said to them before the crucifixion. It all began to make sense. This leads us to our earlier question. Why did Jesus suffer and die in such a way? The answer to suffering is a very complex one. Why does God allow suffering? Theologians and philosophers have struggled for 2,000 years and no one has come up with a complete answer. But the cross tells us this, that God's not sitting in heaven in a, on a deck chair watching all our suffering down here. No. He has come into our world to suffer for us and he now suffers alongside us. This is the greatest love story ever. Jesus died for you and for me, for the whole of humanity. You are loved. That's the message of the heart of Easter. And the cross is a symbol of that love. There's a verse in the New Testament in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. 
where Paul the Apostle says this, The Son of God, that is Jesus, loved me and gave himself for me. This is God's love for you. His love for you. His unconditional, his wholehearted, his continual. It's as personal as that. If you had been the only person in the world, Jesus would still have died for you. His love for you is immense. He loves you that much. Jesus revealed his love on the cross. True love is not just a feeling. Love's in, love involves more than just words. It involves actions. And Jesus showed us the supreme example of love by sacrificing himself for you and for me. In the New Testament, Jesus spoke and said the following. You can find it in John chapter 11, verse 25 to 26. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? This, my friends, is the question that still stands. Do you believe in what Jesus said and did for you on the cross? I want to share with you that God has a plan for your life. It's a good plan to save you, a plan to benefit you. In the midst of all uncertain and challenging times, we find hope, peace, strength. Jesus said to his disciples, my peace I give to you. Those were his words to his disciples as they were confused, frightened and unsure. It may be you experiencing those same things right now. You can only know this peace when you receive it. Maybe you can hear about it or you can know about it. But you can only experience it when you receive it. How do we receive this peace? It's when we put our trust in Jesus. So the Easter message brings us hope and peace and strengthens us to face what is ahead of us with confidence because Jesus is alive and he invites us to have a relationship with him. How does that happen? By following three simple steps. Those are admit, believe and confess. Firstly, we have to admit that we need Jesus in our lives and that we have done wrong things against God. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says this. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We need to recognise that we are all, all of us are flawed, damaged and inconsistent, imperfect and weak within ourselves. We all get it wrong. I get it wrong. We all need God's forgiveness. Secondly, believe. Believe in the person of Jesus. In John chapter 1 verse 12 it says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Wow! When we believe and trust in Jesus, we truly become God's children. 
not in a superficial or ingenious way, but in a genuine and profound way. We have this deep inner conviction and knowing that yes, I am a child of God and that he loves me and cares for me. Thirdly, confess with your mouth. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 and 10 says this. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. We have to make a deliberate conscious decision to follow Jesus. The famous pre-Raphaelite painter William Holman Hunt painted a picture known as the light of the world, representing the figure of Jesus knocking on an overgrown and long unopened door. His point of reference for the painting was taken from the Bible, from Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. A copy of that painting is held at St Paul's Cathedral in London. Romans chapter 3 verse 20 says this, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Maybe symbolically the weeds of life have choked the very life from you and you are questioning what life is really all about. Or that you just can't make sense of life in these times. It was only last week when a couple from the church on a short walk around their neighbourhood came across a man who was very distraught and was wanting to take his life. Life can be hard. Life can leave us devastated. But I have good news for you this morning. Jesus is alive. This morning, Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. You may have noticed in the painting, there is no door handle on the outside of the door. However, there is one on the inside. Jesus will not barge the door down to get in. He simply knocks and waits for you and I to respond. When we respond by opening up our heart and inviting him in, then things change. Our lives change. We become the way that God intended us to be. This is a gift. It's the greatest gift you can ever take hold of. The gift of eternal life in Jesus. So the question remains, how will you respond to the sacrifice and the love of Jesus for you? Maybe God has been speaking to your heart today. If that's you, you'll have, a, you'll have that sense of knowing and experiencing that in your heart right now. Then you need to respond to that knocking. Jesus is at the door of your heart knocking. Please don't ignore it or suppress it. But respond to his call, his prompting. You may be asking, how do I respond? By reaching out to Jesus in prayer. And I would love to lead you in that prayer this morning. If you would like Jesus to forgive you for all the wrong that you've done in your life and to change your life. If you want to receive Jesus as your personal saviour, and friend and know his peace and love 
that he brings this Easter time for you, then why not join me in the following prayer? And as I pray this prayer, will you follow after me? Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life and rejecting you. Please forgive me now. Help me to turn away from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and be set free from the guilt, shame and fear. Thank you when we ask you that you forgive us. You delight to freely forgive us and give us your peace. Thank you that you offer me the gift of the Holy Spirit to help me. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for praying that prayer. Maybe you know Jesus but feel that your walk has suffered and that somehow you've gone off track and that you know that you need to refocus and recommit your life to him again. If that's you and you would like prayer, why don't you follow me in the following prayer? Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. The things I have allowed to turn me away from you, from loving you the way I should. Please forgive me now and help me by your Holy Spirit to turn towards you again. Thank you that you forgive me. I receive your forgiveness. Holy Spirit, thank you that you will help me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for praying that prayer with me. If you prayed either of those prayers, I would like to do two more things to finish. First, I would like to give you this booklet. It's called Why Jesus? And it's a great booklet. It's a superb gift. This is free of charge for you. It explains what you've prayed this morning and the things we've spoken about this morning. But it also gives you guidance about the next steps you need to take. So you can have one of these free of charge. Secondly, uh, I want to link you up with our chat hosts. They're going to be available to talk to you after the uh, meeting. Uh, they'll be on air for about 30 minutes. Please uh, do chat with them. They will take the information from you so they can post that booklet to you. I want to thank you for listening and may God bless you all and have a wonderful Easter.
check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.